As we continue on in our Longing to Belong uh, series, we're to the, the vow of belonging that we make uh, when we join the church, and that is to uphold the church by our gifts. Our text for uh, today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. And Paul is teaching about giving in a way that reminds us that it's through the giving of our gifts that we become a part of the whole work of God. We become a part of something bigger than ourselves. Let's stand together as we hear these words of Scripture together. The point is this. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We asked the question of some of our members, what does it mean to you to uphold the church by your gifts? Let's take a look. For me, it means uh, giving of my time and talents. I love music and I love to play piano and organ and I've been playing for the church since I was in sixth grade, uh, playing for choirs and services and so forth. And so that's my gift. I feel my God-given gift is my talent uh, musically, and so I like to share that with other people. For me, I think um, it's financial, of course, that's part of it, but I think the biggest part for me is my voice and my time. Uh, my voice by singing in the choir, doing special music when asked. Uh, my time by volunteering for church activities um, to help with cleanup when it's needed. Um, I think that's what's important. And for me, it's it's also singing. Um, I I enjoy gardening, and I I enjoy helping people up at the church, even if it's something as simple as carrying chairs. I, I think that's that can be a gift. Actually, my church is a gift to me, but I give back to it um, my love of choir, uh, working in the music department, um, working on missions, particularly with the baking team, um, participate in cleanup day at the church, um, work with Gail, uh, putting things together for the glory bees, um, and of course with my pledge every year. Well, it means different things. I mean, one, it means giving financial resources and being able to help with all the things that the church does, which is great. But sometimes it also means just being there for somebody or giving your time or listening to someone as well when they, when they need you. Sometimes that can be really helpful. It also, I think, means giving of your talents, whether it's through music or education or working with children, and also um, giving of your, your prayers to help support the church and our staff. What about you, Vanna? I think it's about empathy. And empathy is a good thing for life. 
We all long to belong. We all want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And whatever that something is, we give ourselves to it. We give all that we are and all that we have so that we can be a part of that something. We want that feeling of satisfaction and fulfillment and completeness that only comes when we're a part of a greater whole. Winston Churchill said, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. That is the truth. We do make a life by what we give, and we make our life by how we give, and that's why it's a part of our vow of belonging to the church. It matters. My dad was a classic greatest generation man. He grew up in a time where he was a part of a lot of big things, and he experienced a lot of great things and had the feeling of being a part of some incredible things. He was born before the Depression, so he grew up in those years. He went off and fought in World War II for several years. He returned and began to build his life at the same time the country was building the great post-war America. He started his job and worked his way up, grew into that job over the next 42 years. Many of you have heard me say, how do you describe your father? I say, my dad came back from the war and he had one job and one wife and one church and one house. That's my dad. He belonged to those things. He invested himself into those things. One of the things that mattered the most to my father was belonging to a family. See, he was adopted when he was a tiny child by Ambrose Talmadge Hughes, who married his mother. And my father always thought he was the luckiest kid in the world because the father who chose him loved him so much and was such a good father. And so my dad wanted to be a father so deeply. And he married my mother, and they were unable to have children year after year after year. And finally, after 10 years, they had three. And even though I ended up being one of them, I still think he's happy that he got to belong to his own family. Most importantly, I learned from my father what it means to be a part of the whole called the church. My dad took the promise to uphold the church by our gifts very seriously in every way. He gave of his time and his talents. He served in every way. And he also gave of his Finances. He was a tither, and he raised us from our earliest years to tithe, to give 10% of what we make to God through the church. 
My father didn't do that because he thought it was a burden of the law. And he didn't do that because he felt he was under compulsion, as Paul said in our text. My father gave because he believed that by giving, he was a part of everything God was doing through our church and in the world. I heard him say and teach many times that through the gifts that we made, we were a part of every child's life that was baptized in that church and raised to be a disciple. We were part of every building that was ever built to serve the church or the community. He was a part of every program that touched lives. He was a part of every hospital visit that brought comfort to a person. He was a part of every worship service and every mission project and had a stake in every person who was called by God out of that congregation to go and serve in some form of vocational ministry. He believed he was a part of all that, that whole big thing, because he supported the church by his gifts. And you know what? He was. He was indeed a part of all that. A modest man of modest means who could never have done any of those things by himself. By sharing his gifts with everyone else, he was a part of this wonderful, marvelous, living thing called the church. In our text, Paul is teaching the early Christian community in Corinth how giving makes you a part of the larger whole. The church to which he writes is a church that is squabbling a bit and divided a bit. And Paul knows that this lost unity will be restored when those individuals stop thinking just of themselves and start thinking of the whole of the enterprise, the whole of the mission, the big picture the common good. Paul knows that through giving we are able to recover the amazement of being a part of this amazing, wonderful thing called the church. He begins with a basic principle. You reap what you sow. We give ourselves into the life we choose and we receive in kind. We sow bountifully, we sow generously, we know the joy of living a generous life. If we sow generously of our kindness and our compassion, we will meet people along the way who change our life. If we sow Bountifully of our service, we'll discover people who, in our time of need, will be there for us as well. If we sow bountifully of joy in this world, we live a joyful life, even under difficult circumstances. It just seems to be the way it works, doesn't it? Loving people are loved, caring people are cared for, helpful people find help. 
And Paul understands that the more we give, the deeper our commitment to our church, the deeper our experience of our church, and the deeper our experience of Jesus, the Lord of the church. Paul goes on to say that we should give as we have decided to give. I love that. It's a choice. It's an act of our free will, how we give and how we invest our lives. It's a choice. Roy T. Bennett wrote these words. Attitude is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Optimism is a choice. Kindness is a choice. Giving is a choice. Respect is a choice. Whatever choice you make makes you choose wisely. I am certain that the Apostle Paul would very much like that sentiment. We are not to give reluctantly, the text says, or under compulsion. We are not to give complainingly or dramatically. We are to make up our mind. We are to consider and pray and commit and then give cheerfully. Because giving cheerfully, Paul says, pleases God. God loves a cheerful giver. What a joy to know we please God. Then Paul ends this little teaching about gifts and giving by placing individual giving in the context of the larger church. He says, we are blessed for this purpose so that we may share abundantly in every good work. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be able to give. We're blessed to be able to choose to be a part of this grand whole work of God. It's amazing. Mother Teresa says, you've heard these words before, it is not how much we give, but how much love we put into our giving. When we give of ourselves, when we invest our lives in something bigger than ourselves, when we sow bountifully into this world, we experience the love of God in a powerful way. In another place, in another little bit of a letter over in 1 Corinthians, Paul uses the imagery of how we're a part of the whole with his description of the body of Christ. Do you remember that image? Not everybody's an eye, not everybody's a nose, not everybody's an ear, but we all fit together, equally important. And when we're all together and we're all fit together, God blesses us and we experience what it means to be a part of the wonderful whole body of Christ. We have that power. We can make that choice today, right now. We can choose to live generous lives.
You know, one thing I've noticed in the past several years, they have flown by and I have moved into a new chapter of my life. And I discovered if I let myself, I can very easily spend a lot of time thinking about harvests past. (laughs) Paul's analogy of sowing and reaping. Spend a lot of time thinking about harvests past. What could have been? What should have been? I can second guess everything in my life with the what if I'd done this or what if I'd done that. We can all too easily go down that road and it is not a productive journey. That road leads to anger and bitterness and regret. Nothing robs us of our joy more thoroughly than riding on that road. Instead, and we hear this so loudly in these words of Paul, instead, faith, the Christian faith, calls us to life in the now, not in the past. It is about the choice we have to sow abundantly and bountifully now. That we have the choice now to make up our minds who we will be and how we will give and invest our lives. We have the choice now to embrace the wondrous joy of being blessed to be a blessing. We have the choice now to choose a lifestyle that God can use in the larger picture of things. We have the choice now to be a part of the whole of God's work through this place and in the world. That's why we make that commitment to one another. Now we will uphold the church by our gifts. May we trust God, may we be faithful, and may we experience the life that comes from that kind of generosity. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.